This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics. You have been warned. Are people enjoying the classic science fiction at all? Uh, not as much as we are. Which is such a shame. Well, I think some of them do at least. Let us know in the comments if you enjoy the classic sci-fi. Right as it started, you started talking. No, don't tell me that. You didn't give me a chance to say, okay, we're live. I have to do that. That's that's how radio announcers do it, even deep in space. And we're live. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the weekly stream, the new weekly stream for Raygun readers. This week, we're happy to report it's the return of classic sci-fi. Woo! Which Abysme tells me you losers don't like as much as I like it. All right, so this week we have one, possibly two stories, depending how long this takes. You never know with classic sci-fi. This is from, I believe this is Worlds of If again. And it's issue 1953 of May. I think it's year 1953. Our issue, well, uh, yeah, the issue is the year 1953 for May, I believe. Yes. And back in the day, it went for 35 human cents. Whatever and that means. Uh, they had a lizard Trojan horses. And they had lizards on the front. Lizard aliens. Or maybe he they're they're worshiping him as their god. I can't tell. Well they're carrying him, so who knows? I've included a link in the description if anyone wants to uh, read along. Probably faster than we will, because this stuff is surprisingly oh, difficult to read then, out loud. Then they have no reason to watch us. Shh. It's okay. All right, so let's just hop into this. Already? Already. You're not going to ease me into it? You're just going <laughs> to... Not on air. <laughs> this one is called... Okay, if... Uh, thank, thank you. Oh my gosh, you, is that a huge pill? Thank you, Kindle, for um, blacking out the one freaking page I need to look at. What the reload hell? Reload it, reload it. What the fuck? Are you sure that's the first page? Yes, it is. What are you doing? Why do you do this to me? Technology. Seriously, look at that. That's, that's the page right there I have to read. 94. Doesn't say 90. Stop, stop, stop. Stop, why are you going? Where? There we go, I got it. You're looking at pages I don't need to read. Okay. Uh, it starts with some italicized text. Thoris, the vengeful, had determined his way. Arya, the healer, had determined her way which determined this classic meeting of the twain. That's very romantic, I guess. Very Lord of the Rings. Circle of Flight by Richard E. Stockham, illustrated by Ed Emsh. Emsh? E-M-S-H. There's a last name. It seemed they had... That's not a last name. That's a phonetic sound. Emsh. Ech. It seemed they had argued for years as they were arguing tonight. The man paced back and forth, chain-smoking cigarettes. The woman sat motionless, watching him, making dinner or something else. They glanced at their watches with fearful eyes. They heard, with acutely alert ears, the goings and comings of people in the hall. Cummings had, uh, heard the shattering blast of rockets in the sky above the city, and they argued. So you're going through with it tonight, he said heavily, in your own way. Yes. Perhaps I should stop you, he crushed out his cigarette. 
If the police were to hear... No, the word was thrown at him. I know you don't mean that, but it's unworthy of you even to say it. She covered her face with nervous hands. After all, I am your wife. He stood over her, his lips tight. Knees weak, arms were heavy. There was something of the fragile, finely made puppet about her, he thought, as he... As though she had been refashioned a hundred times by some artisan seeking after perfect delicacy and precision. He softened momentarily. Come with me, then, he said. Wait, she's a puppet? He's comparing her to one. Oh. Come with me, then, he said. Yes, he did say that. Or did he say that? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Very monosyllabic, this one. Why? Why? Your way is wrong. We're the last two leaders of the opposition alive. Oh, okay. So now we have some setting. His voice came swiftly and low. The authorities beaten us. They're, they're the tea partiers? They're set up for killing, imprisonment, bar bribery, and blackmail functions too well. Our whole organization's been scattered like matchsticks. That's a strange saying. The police are closing in on us. We're finished here on Earth. We'll be lucky if we're killed quickly. He waited a moment for his words to take effect. We go along together, that far. She stood, clasping her hands. Of course. Of course. I think, okay, well, now I'm reading as a man. Nah, I can read as a man again. Look, I know you've finished that damn contraption of yours that'll take you into the atoms. I know you've been working into on it for years. Into the atoms. Into the atoms. I want to go into the atoms. I know you've been working on it for years. But I've been working, too. My ship's ready to take off into super space. <laughs> into super space for two days. But I haven't gone. I've been waiting for you. To wait at a time like this is to ask for death or worse. Now I demand you give up this insane idea of going into the atoms. You've got to come with me. By the way, my idea of going into super space, so much more sane. Right. I've told you I can't escape with you into macrocosm. It's not my way. So he wants to go big and she wants to go small, or at least that's what they're implying. I guess, yeah. The word escape doesn't apply, he snapped. I'm sorry. The word escape doesn't apply, he snapped, to what I'm doing. You're escaping. You'll creep into the microcosm and sit there like a seed that won't grow. You can't fight the authority from the microcosm. That way is utter passivity and death. My way is fighting back. I'm going into hyperspace. My ship and I'll Wait, become... Wait, is it hyperspace or superspace? Yeah, they're, they're like, those are two different sounding things. I'm going into hyperspace. My ship and I'll become so huge and powerful, I'll throw suns around like snowballs. Why would you call it a snowball if it's a sun? I'll toss meteors around like grains of corn. And then he'll come back and fight the Avengers. Why? why? These are really weird analogies. I'll upset gravities and warp time. I'll stretch and straighten space. I'll turn dimensions inside out. Yes, you'll destroy. You'll ruin everything. You'll break the innocent as well as the guilty. I'll have to take that chance, he said grimly. But I'll destroy the authority and everything that goes with it. She pulled away from his grasp. Violence and destruction are not my way. They never have been. <laughs> Somebody say something? Uh, Beth says, Old space couple tries to use human millennial technology with varying results in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. I was reading words. Um, hmm. Violence and destruction are not my way. They never have been. Slowly she sank into the chair, looked past him as she spoke. You've always worshipped spaces and vacuums and voids. 
I've always been happy working with flowers and trees, the life of the meadow and valley. The rain and the new, small buds in springtime, we have always gone in opposite directions. Then how the hell have you been working together this I, entire time? My turn time? to read. Go okay. ahead. She paused and smiled a bit, wistfully. It's funny. Now we find too late to help our... Now we find too late to help our marriage that there's a whole universe between us. You refuse, or perhaps you're afraid. I don't know. To go to the source of everything. This table, this chair, this gown, your own flesh, you don't want to understand life any more than you want to understand me. You must conquer it or destroy it. You must be a giant that can kick the earth around like a football. But I do want to understand. For in understanding lies the cure. My machine will take me into the atoms. I'll become part of the fabric and tapestry of the very warp and woof of our world. By becoming a part of it, I will know. I'll find the secret of life in inner space, and I'll return and release our people from the authority. And you? You'll never really understand anything. <laughs> You'll be a wild comet, yes. But I'll be a raindrop in a deep well, learning patience. I'll be a true healer. So, she's going to break people out of jail by, by being small. By by going yes by becoming the size of a particle. I like I, I'm I'm trying not to boil this down to simplicity, but I think blowing shit up works when you're resisting a oppressive totalitarian state more than being a small atom. Like b b to achieve your means against an oppressive authority, you're going to have to resort to violence or some type of destruction. So I don't get exactly what her way is supposed to be, and it's clear the author is saying both are equal but different. But I don't see how her way is effective at all or maybe she's just speaking she's, in vagaries she's, she's going to understand whatever she needs to understand and she goes really small she'll she'll see it and it, it, it's she'll what? see the, she'll see the big picture <laughs> <laughs> oh well no for a moment sadness rose and softened his face there's nothing more to say is there i'm afraid not <laughs> no We'll make the goodbyes quick. He came to her. At least we're being honest with each other. No lies, no pettiness. We've developed pretty powerful ideals. And they just won't fit together. It's that simple. And that good. She looked up at him and smiled. At least I haven't lost you to another woman. At least I haven't <laughs> lost you to another woman. He returned her smile. We're getting sentimental. This isn't good. It's weakening. He bent and lightly kissed her hair. For an instant, her breathing stopped. Good be. Good be. She whispered. <laughs> it does say good be. G-O-O-D-B-Y. It's an old spelling of goodbye. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that. He strode to the door and opened it. His body snapped taut. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Conflict. Oh, uh, no. Oh, he, he snapped to attention. He's in the military. Oh, is it my turn? Yep. Confronting him with a drawn blaster stood a man in the shining red garb of the police command. I am the law, he said. He resembled... <laughs> <laughs> Stallone was standing at his front door. <laughs> he resembled Mephisto with his flowing cape and snug trousers. His face was dark, his nose thin, his eyes black and very bright. His eyes black and very bright. As in the reflecting light, I guess? Brightly? Oh, uh, beady black eyes? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. You seem surprised, said the man in red. Arya had half risen from the chair as the eyes... Of the policeman turned on her, she sank back. 
How opportune, the policeman continued. The eve of your departures. The smile sat on his mouth. His gun snapped up on a line with Thoris's heart. No sudden moves, or you'll be burnt to a cinder. But no, that's what you want, a quick death. So let me threaten you with merely burning your legs off. The blaster lowered. It may interest you to know that we have a recording of your whole conversation, but there's something else. Uh, I want to go big. She wants to go home. That's the conversation they have. <laughs> I am blah. Beth is our most devoted audience member. Continually. Hmm. His eyes holding Thoris. I guess Thoris is the man. Yeah. He gave... Oh, did they say that somewhere? Yeah. Thoris and Arya. He gave a sharp command to two burly, bull-necked policemen. They stepped from the shadows and stood behind the commander. One held a small black box. I see, said the commander. The commander said... You've had a you've had experience before with the truth clamps. <laughs> You're frightened. <laughs> the truth clamps. Give them the clamps. No, not the truth clamps. Anything but that. I'll tell the truth to not get the truth clamps. Guess where they put them. Thoris motioned the commanding officer, the commander inside. A little fear trickles through my hate. The door swung shut behind the three policemen. Thoris glanced at Arya. <clears throat> Her fingers clutched the arms of the chair. He knew she was thinking of the blocks that had recently been installed in their minds by X-ray hypnosis. What is happening here? Would the blocks hold after three days? Three days, they both knew, was the limit. It's your method of escape we must have, said whoa, the commander. Whoa, 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 whoa. And who had, who's had the police officers or their own? Their own. X-ray hypnosis. Uh, as in, it'll block the truth clamps. Oh. And they're wondering if three days has elapsed yet. Oh, okay. It's your method of escape we must have, said the commander. He motioned to one of the policemen. Thoris watched the man step in front of him and raise the clamps to his forehead. He saw features that were thick and heavy, as though they had been roughly molded out of too wet clay. You can see, the commander went on, the tremendous adv advantage to us of being able to go into the, ma the macrocosm and toss meteors around like bits of corn, as you say. He glanced at Arya, who sat huddled in the chair like, por like a porcelain doll, and then into the microcosm, unlimited power, a whole new universe to conquer and colonize. So they get the power to do both. Yeah. If they command, get these people. Yeah, if they steal their tech. Arya did not move or speak. I see she refuses to face reality, he turned to Thoris. But you will face reality. And so will she when we've finished. Had you conducted your experiments in behalf, in behalf of the authority, I should say on behalf, you would have been well rewarded. But no, you have been working against us. However, it has been for the authority after all. Thoris felt the clamps tight on his temples, like two steel fingers. Sitting stiffly on a chair, he felt sweat on his back and chest, felt it seep from his forehead down into his eyes, felt the burn of salt. There was tightness all through him as he... Sorry, I need to shift here. Waited for the first shock. There was tightness all through him as he waited for the first shock. His fingernails cut his palms, his breath stopped, his shoulders and arms hardened, stretched tight his tunic. The commander flicked his finger at one at the kneeling at the one kneeling before 
The, uh, the commander flicks his finger at the one kneeling before the little black box. This one tripped a lever. A soft hum seemed to rise from the box and fill the room. Thoris listened to the hum grow until it was a soft, high-pitched scream. He closed his eyes. The next instant, instant a shattering blow ripped through every inch of his body. Fire ran along his nerves. He felt the grips. He felt his lips grimacing uh, away from his teeth, from the corners of his mouth stretching back into his ears. Oh God! Oh God! He cried out in silent agony. Hold back my screams. Then he heard himself groan. He cut off the sound of it, choked, heard a growl from deep in his chest. Lights flashed in his eyes, and there was a tearing apart through his whole body. A squeezing together rushed all around him, and an insane pounding and pulling, as though his flesh was being beaten and clawed from his bones. Time dropped away from him until it seemed he had never been aware of anything but this agony. He felt himself fall forward, felt heavy hands catch him roughly and set him upright. The soft voice of the commander flowed into his mind, like a voice from outer space. I was about to say, this is a lot of body horror and not a lot of, we're going to make you tell well, this, the truth. Well, it sounds like he's in an amusement park. You know, have fun. <laughs> this is what it's like to ride Splash Mountain. <laughs> you will tell us of your method of going into the macrocosms. We have ways of making you talk. Oh, I thought they were already using them. <laughs> the equations, the type of ship, the type ship. That's the, I feel like there's editing problems here. It's propellant, where the ship is hidden. Thoris felt enveloped in a void. The voice of the commander droned on. All we need is a clue. We'll work out the rest. Life and feeling and thought were surging back into Thoris now. Strength filled his muscles again. Sight came into his eyes. Again, he sat straight and stiff on the chair. The block held, he thought. It held, and they cannot know now. Speak, the commander's voice rose. Damn you! He seized Thoris by the hair. You've blocked off the information. I'll see both of you tortured until you wish to kill each other. Then we'll try the clamps again. He smashed his fist into Thoris's face. On the instant the commander pulled back his fist, Thoris reached out and jerked the blaster from his belt. Oh, shit. His foot came up hard against the man's groin. Oh, shit. He's like one guy against three people. Three burly police authorities. But now he's got a gun. There was a grunting cry of pain. Thoris held, uh, fell backward off the stool, pressing the blaster trigger as he hit the floor. He saw blood gush from the commander's middle. Saw him pitch sideways like a broken statue. Heard Arya scream. The statue. Ah. No. No, this story's very interesting. <laughs> a lot of action. Uh, the statue, the, the, the clamps pulled from his head. He swung the gun's muzzle to the two policemen clawing at their holsters. The blaster struck out, a long coughing hiss, a spray of flame. There were cries and gasps and jerking and clutching in the, the scrambling fall of two bodies. Then silence. Thoris crawled unsteadily to his feet, stood swaying. The gun hung loosely in his hand. Now we found Arya close to him, heard her voice trembling and breathy. You want to do this? Thoris, are you all right? <laughs> that is too accurate. Yes. The blocks held. They held. Steadying himself, he saw Arya glance at the bodies on the floor. Oh, destruction, she shuddered. Nothing but destruction. Oh, God, I'm sick of it. Thoris let the gun drop to the floor. There's no time to talk. Your laboratory. 
He grasped her by the shoulders and turned her toward a bright steel door across the room. You'll save time to go into your damned microcosm. You'll make it. Good luck. If I have any luck at all, I'll make it too. How? Does he know how it works? He gave her a push. Without speaking or turning back, she moved across the room as though sleepwalking. As though sleepwalking, the gleaming door slab slid back as she approached it, closed behind her. The memory of her face stayed in his mind for a long moment after she had disappeared. And from the room's atmosphere, he seemed to breathe in regret and a sense of their failure. He turned abruptly, looked down at, at each crumpled body. Opening the door a crack, he searched the brightly lit, lighted street for the figure of a policeman, saw none, stepped outside, and ran. Alright, I think we're almost done. How are uh, you feeling about this so uh, far? I'm kind of bored by it. Yeah, I'm kind of bored too. It's, uh... Um, By microcosm and macrocosm, they're they're either they're simple concepts and they're kind of they're abstract. simple concepts. I was hoping that they would elaborate on yeah, which they haven't done. But now they're very much just kind of character enhancements, and this is more just kind of an action piece. Yeah, it feels like you're a man, you destroy things, and you're a woman, you want to understand. You nurture things. things. Yeah, it's very yeah. boiling people down to gender stereotypes. And granted, this is fifty three. So maybe this is par for the course. Uh, maybe the story will surprise us. Maybe. We'll, we'll keep reading. In her laboratory, Arya worked deftly, swiftly at the transparent body-length cylinder. In her laboratory. She goes into microcosms you've never seen. <laughs> she checked wire connections, dials buttons, then opened one end of the tube, lowered herself into place, when she had closed the tube, she lay still, the forefinger of her right hand resting on a button. During all these preparations, she was viewing, with her inner sight... Inner sight? Thoris's tiny ship was streaking through the night toward a distant mountain I think they must peak. be in, like, a viewing screen inside maybe, the ship. Maybe. Or maybe she's an empath, like, telepathic or something. Thoris's tiny ship streaking through the night toward a distant mountain peak, where a small metal ball, large enough for one man, sat shrouded by a screen of invisibility... Now she saw the streak of flame dying the night and the tiny ship sitting motionless behind the metal ball. Saw Thoris open a hatch in the ball's side, let himself through the opening, and swing shut the circle of steel. Thank God, she said. Whatever comes now, at least he's made it. So he made it to where? He made it to his ship in a mountainside. Hidden in the mountainside, I think. Okay. Wiping away the vision of him, she hesitated a moment, said goodbye. <laughs> to Earth and life, as she'd know it, known it, I would never know it again. A moment of yearning for a chance to live safely and well as a wife and a mother swept, a uh, swept her with sadness. The yearning held her finger from the button. A final hugging of human love and full human life. A last lonely cry for Earth as she had known it in childhood with a press of wind and the touch and sight of green growing things and the depth of blue above and the ground beneath. This is a lot of run-on sentences. Yep. Like, commas, dude, and periods. Please. Feeling then as though she were plunging into midnight ocean depths, she thrust her finger hard against the button. Instantly, light shimmered all about. The room dissolved, a sense of dreaming too vividly, yet of being deep in a sleep that was a thousand times more acutely awake than any awakeness she had ever known, filled all her bearing, being. That sentence is just a bunch of words. Like, this... this well, that's happened a couple times now. This prose is very... I feel like I'm 
being browbeaten by it. She felt herself sinking into a great bottomless depth, and yet at the same time soaring through space to the ends of the universe. Okay, I get it. Dichotomy is the motif here, but like if everything's a dichotomy, nothing has any like concreteness to it. Until both falling and soaring flowed into each other and became suspension. And then suddenly she saw all things as one. She saw the intricate design of a snowflake that was the snows of all the earth and a drop of water that held all the oceans. She passed through the iris. I made up that last Pass part. Pass into the iris. There was a... Oh wait, so she's not in one spot. She's actually like everywhere then? I guess she's unlocked like enlightenment by going Ugh. super small or something. That's what I'm saying. These concepts started they're out so cool. abstract. But yeah, they're like purely abstract. There's and very the truth clamps. What the fuck? Truth clamps. Those are actually more fleshed out. A little more. Just causing pain to like elicit a response. Main, I can main, see that. The main premise of the story makes no sense. Not really. Hmm. The, the, there was the rhythmic beating all around as though of a great omnipresent heart and the surge of flow and flow of oceans of lifeblood and the rise and fall of eternal breathing. So, inner space, the movie, right? Yeah. A speck of soil was uh, the soil of all the earth from which grew forests and fields of green. She let herself out into the space of all this and was merely there, like time is. Where there is the motion and the change of birth and death and birth again and death again. I see birth of death <laughs> and death of birth. Oceans of blue and blue of oceans. And one speck of ground, which is the entire world. And I think to myself, what the fuck did I just say? Where the fuck am I? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 where am I? No, really. I don't know. She felt, yeah, I know. I, I don't even, like, all these sentences are bleeding together. Like, nothing's happening, but so she much is being said. Oh, no, no. She felt a gentle touch on her body that was the body of all, oh, <laughs> the body of all mankind. <laughs> and knew it for the touch of air. A single element of all Earth's winds that yet was all the clear winds of Earth. What? <laughs> <laughs> the oh. next moment a thunderous roar crashed like a tidal wave she felt a gigantic shaking in all the snow and water in the oceans and mountains in the air and wind in the blood of life and the beating heart <laughs> and says, in the beating heart she found she found the shaking and gigantic shaking what Beth says I think to myself where did these truth clamps come from <laughs> <laughs> Who used these last? Where have they been? These aren't truth clamps, man. What'd you put in these? <laughs> the government's using the LSD clamps again. Uh, uh, I'm afraid to take it back from you because I don't know what I'm going to read. Yeah, no, it's you're, you're never going to find it. A faltering of the rhythm and flow went like a cosmic shudder through all this life. And through her own being, so that she was a conscious of nausea and ache and violence flinging out. Beth, you, you do the deciphering now, because I can't. She says, what is even happening anymore? <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. We're reading this, so yeah, we don't that, know. Yeah, I was just asking you that. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. She had a sense, then, of pulling within herself, like a sea anemone that has been touched by an enemy. By God. A sea anemone that has been touched by an enemy. 
an enemy. Okay, I, I have to wonder if that was on purpose. Yeah, probably. Where the hell did you leave? Off? <laughs> See how long. Oh, there we go. Okay, okay. you found it. <sighs> and in her silent voice, she cried out, "Thoris!" In the macrocosm, <laughs> oh, thank God. My dear Thoris. Thoris destroying, destroying. The next instant, her inner sight swung back to where Thoris's ship, the shining to where the shining metal ball, had leapt up off the mountain of Earth, leapt in a fraction of a second through the blue Earth covering into black out, outer space. Covering into black outer space, her inner sight saw the metal ball inflating a cosmic balloon, flashing like the sun, then seeming to fill the space between all the suns. Oh my god, how much more is there? Mm. Please tell me that's it. Uh, okay. Uh, god damn pages. it. No, we have three like more pages. four more pages. Wait, really? Uh, about three and a quarter. Uh. Thoris in his ship was conscious of being a colossus that could step from planet to planet as though he were using them for stones to cross a pond of earth water. This step is past so the, interesting. Step past the solar system, he thought, out into the universe. Now the sun became a tiny ball of fire, a lightning bug. The earth a grain of dust. He could blow out the light of the sun, flick earth and other the other planets into nothingness. I've broken through, he thought. I've done it. I've been released. And looking out and away, he saw universe upon universe extending past infinity. Those are some real good drugs you're on, man. It seemed an ocean without a horizon. Now said his thought. Now said his thought? Yeah. Because okay. his thoughts are bigger now, too. I guess. I will They've destroy... They've taken on a life of their own. I will destroy all evil, and I shall begin with the evil of Earth. As though he were looking through a microscope, he focused his sight on the grain of dust that was Earth. His fingers made delicate adjustments on a dial, and Earth, softly green and blue, swam clearly into his vision. He magnified his sight of Earth until he could see all of it like a gigantic relief map. He saw the fortified places of the Authority, great spreading shining metal domes, Saw them dotting the earth. Saw the lines of vehicles speeding back and forth between them. He saw, too, the hamlets of the people in the spaces between the forts of the authority. All places of squalor with row upon row of box-like houses, each exactly like the other. There were not any green lawns or shade trees. Only houses and streets and people moving about. So, like, the lady, she just kind of had stuff happen to her. And his first thought when he gets big is, you know what? I'm going to fuck shit up. I'm a wreck it. Th Thoris felt his anger rise. He pressed a button that flung out fields of gravity. Earth rocked and heaved like an animal in, a con in convulsions. Volcanoes exploded, shot out their flaming poisonous refuse. Oceans were monsters, writhing and roiling in their troughs, reaching onto the land as though to pull it beneath them. And the land itself split wide and snapped shut, great yawning jaws. There was a wild rushing about among all the people of a madness. Oh, my uh -huh. God. There was yeah. a wild rushing about among uh -huh. all the people yeah. of madness. Totally. As though frantic motion would save them. That's, yeah. Shut up. I'm trying to finish this. <laughs> they looked up off the convulsed earth with panic-stricken eyes, their voices uh -huh. raised in agony. So I'm guessing she's going to have to make all this right, and they're going to, like, realize that they had to work together. Yeah, there's, there's no there's no continuity to the story. Well, I'm guessing that's when they ha what's going to happen. I'm not going to... Don't even bother. Thoris's voice sounded. The time for the death of the authority has come. I will crush them as though I were crushing snails. Oh, you missed a perfect opportunity. Thoris's voice sounded. Show me what you got. <laughs> I want to see what you got. 
He reached out from the ship with rays that seized meteors and flung them like a schoolboy flinging stones at bottles, one by one against the massive shining domes of the Authority. The domes cracked and split and were crushed. The atomic bombs broke open with flame that leapt up yellow tongues and grew mushrooms in the sky, and a burning death spread all around. So everyone's Ugh. dead? Then Thoris was quiet, watching all that he had destroyed. Seriously? Is that what it says? I, yeah, that's what oh, it I says. I thought you were joking. No, no, that's what it says. <laughs> now he's just like, all right, I'm done. Okay. All right. Oh, you're going to make me... Yeah. But suddenly he became aware of Arya's thought within him, crying out, Destroy your murderer in moments you've sent humanity back a hundred thousand years. You're worse than the authority. There'll never be any peace for you or for Earth or even the universe after what you've done. Other authorities will come and you'll have destroyed and you'll have to destroy them and others and others. Destruction for you forever and on, on and on, until you fill the universe with it. Didn't on and already... on, a hundred years of destruction, Morty. Didn't they already have this discussion? Yep. In his mind, Thor saw her among the falling snowflakes and the drops of cool water and the green growing atoms. Oh my god, enough with the water and snow. Saw her in the transparent... Like, every time I do this, it just gets harder to read. It is. It's actually the... very difficult. Uh, the trans... <sighs> The transparent tubes sink, sink deeper and deeper into the microcosm, away and away like a minnow swimming down into a beautiful lake on a summer's day. Deeper, ever deeper, until there was nothing but blue, sleepy water. As Thoris looked up upon the earth again and saw terrible destruction he had wrought. How is this a story? I don't know. This is just like some sort of stream of consciousness This shit. is purple prose, the story. He trembled. There was the realization in him that beneath his consciousness had lain the hope that after he had wiped clean the earth, Arya's healing power would remake it. But now there would be no healing, and f why, wait, why not? Yeah, why not? And for thousands of years, uh, earth would lie a smoking ruin with people crawling about it, shattered like shattered surface like bug. Oh, God. But Everything's wait, why? Detroit. Why was it? Like, this is like... Okay. He turned from all he saw, he closed his eyes and threw his ship out into space, threw it away into the fathomless void. He must escape from the universe, he must flee from the horror that filled him at the desolation he had wrought, straight out into space, out into forever, where Earth would cease to exist, where he and his remorse would be lost. Guess what? There's more. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, oh man, what could we give these two people for listening to this all the way through? Money. I may pay them for watching this stream. Yeah. Actually, no, don't. Well, don't tell everybody who else is want to listen to the stream that we're going to pay them. Well, now. this is a one-time thing, and everyone's already missed it. Gleaming suns and galaxies streaked past, yet seemed within himself to be hanging motionless in an infinite sea of blackness. While he oh, knew that hi, Mister Planket. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Mr. Plankett. He knew that the speed of him cracked through the barrier of time and space, knew that it was a speed beyond any conceived by the mind of man. On into forgetfulness, escape beyond his memory, faster and farther away than his mind, so far away that even Earth would disappear in his thought. <laughs> as incredible distances stretched almost to breaking between himself and Earth, he thought, so this is the end. For all I've been and wanted to be, this is it. A nothingness beyond the universe. Oh, well, at least I don't have to see any more Star Wars. <laughs> Who wants a pizza roll? 
But as a last word, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do it in this voice so I can keep myself concentrated. But as a last word went from his thought, he saw a greenish-blue ball of light rush toward him, and it said, buy a pizza roll. He watched it inflate in the port. It would envelop the whole ship. The suns and the galaxies had faded into nothingness. He was aware of sinking into eternal depths, but at the same time, oh, here we go, he felt himself soaring until sinking and soaring <laughs> flowed into each... Fuck you, story! So, like, Fuck I, you. I want to say that this means that Arya went into the macrocosm, but I know that's not it. Well, she went into and everything. I don't get it. She went into everything. Like, that was the point. There's no... This isn't... I this know. is, like... Not even good enough to be like. This feels like someone's like high school, a creative writing project. Well, it feels like an exercise in imagery that's and gone horribly awry. That it just keeps cycling in on itself. After a time, he saw shimmering white crystals encircling his ship, and then the encircling crystals became one snowflake reflecting light like the moon. A great wonder filled him, and he stared his in overwhelming awe. He heard his own heartbeat in his body and outside the ship, holding the ship in an internal throbbing, heard the flowing of his own blood like a turbulent river, heard his breathing become the ebb and flow of Didn't wind. Didn't already talk about turbulent blood flow? Like the sound of surf. His body too became the soil of earth and its rock and water, and he was deeply conscious of growth all through him. He was birth and death, and he was both in one, and he was the life of mankind, of animals and plants. Where is this going? As he waited in what seemed to be eternity, sunlight broke into his sight, and he saw a field of grass forming around the ship. Blue sky swam into focus above him. White cloud patches formed in the blue as though they had been ordered through there by the word He's of creation. He's coming down from his trip, I guess. Thoris knew that then... Thoris knew then that he was on Earth again, and he had come up from deep inside uh, it. What? Yep. Um, he had come up from deep inside the did Earth? Did they just recreate the universe because they can? Rising up like one awakening uncertainty from sleep in a strange room, he opened the ship's hatch and looked out upon the land. A flash of light caught his eyes then. From above, he looked up in wonder. He gasped. It was George Lucas. He froze. He froze. Oh, uh, oh, I'm on the, I'm almost to the end. We're almost done. Thank so, God. Do you want me to just read to the end? Yeah, go ahead. Arya, in the transparent cylinder, sinking down through the blue like a leaf, settling gently to the earth a hundred feet away. She crawled out and stood, looking across the field of grass at him, a strange smile on her face. Thoris leaped from the ship and ran toward her. He ran silently. She, ran, she held out her hands, and he grasped them tenderly as he would grasp the hands of a child. And all he could say was, Arya. Arya. Thoris, she said, and there was the courage and joy in her voice. We've come back. They stared at it. They stared into each other's eyes for a long moment, and then they were close. And then they held to each other and swayed. Do you know what's happened? Do you know what's happened? She said. Oh, here comes the explanation. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> this better be good. This better be a mass <laughs> payoff right now. Yes. You came back through hyperspace while I came back through the atoms. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, story. <laughs> um, his voice was quiet. Oh, Lord. Oh, good. And strange Lord, we got, uh, we forgot that one of the great many men 20,000 years ago proved that space was curved. <laughs> okay, so he went so far out and she, I guess, got so small that they came back and met in the middle. 20,000 years ago? 
This is 20,000 years in the future yep. is when this is set, and people are still using shit like truth clamps. I don't think they actually... Well, I mean, they proved that space was curved, but they never proved whether or not it was an open or closed system. So they could have gone off into infinity. He he did? But he kind of said he looked and he saw infinity, and he was just growing and growing and growing. Yeah, but, like, it still doesn't make any sense. Like, no, what happened, sense. like, her getting really tiny and somehow meeting back up with him. I don't, I don't I, get it. Like, it's just all... Whatever. The concepts are... There's so Yes, she stood away from him now, yet held to his hand. We couldn't escape from our place in life or ourselves or the good and evil that we have done. We came back to our earth and now we must do what we have left undone. There was much to be done. Thoris looked around. He saw in the distance a crushed and smoking ruins. I've destroyed the authority, but I've destroyed too much. Now the people are in chaos. Arya stood silently a while. And then moved, then moved his arm. But now you can help me heal them. You've seen in the microcosm, as I have in the macrocosm, that all life is one. Now we can show the people that outer and inner space are not separate. We can show them how they exist together and how there can be no escape in either or form either. Y- yes. There uh, can be no escape in either or form either. Or from either? Or from <laughs> or from either. It will take a long time, but we will do it, and the end will be grand, she said. She paused. The beginning and the end, Thoris. The greatness and the smallness, the light and the darkness, it's all here. And all that's in between, that too. Yes, she answered quickly, that too. They turned from to the smoking room, and arm in arm, and began walking toward it. Blah, 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 blah. Oh okay, so God. you just witnessed, witnessed the life and death of Earth in, like, a five-second, five-page story. They thought that would be a good idea. Uh, so, yes, everyone's going to listen to your weird metaphysical ramblings and magically forget all their problems and conflict will stop. Because that's worked so well for the past how many thousands of years of human existence. Once you come up with some weird-ass explanation for the universe, everyone goes, oh, okay, I guess I'll stop having wars. Like, what, what the, this story was about nothing. It was about two very simple concepts and then just overloaded with imagery and cyclical... Just imagery. Everything was imagery and metaphor. God, I'm hey, bored. Me. I think it's changed my life. I, I think um, it's fixed the ship. I am becoming. I'm fixed death. the ship, Abysme. You fixed the ship while listening to that story. I fixed the ship. I was so bored. I, I, I said I, I had to go fix the ship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I went into the macrocosm and the microcosm at the same time. Found the solutions I needed to fix the ship. Wait, Paprika, are you saying you became death of the birth of the death? <laughs> I birth, became birth, death? life in the death of the birth of the death. I've only done that on weekends. <laughs> I just had to stop drinking. Oh man. Okay, that was that was not what I was expecting in a bad way. Um, gosh. Wow. I would barely call that sci-fi. I would call that. No, that's not sci-fi. That's a metaf- lot of purple prose. Metaphysics. Yeah, that's a lot of weird, weird metaphysics. Spiritual. It was spiritual. It was very spiritual, but trying to be scientific, but just so. How did that? So speculative. I don't, well, it's a short story. They, I think I just chuck a lot of them in the pad for um, space. Okay. So it's always a crapshoot. That's a shame. It is a shame. Um, I mean, clearly the author has a way with words, but damn if that was not tortuous to read. It got so 
up its own self that it was hard to read after a while and it just got so dense and boring. Uh, if anyone's listening, do not do that with your writing because you will bore and frustrate your audience and that is a very dangerous thing to do. If you're going to go into a big concept like that, that's going to need a lot of work and time and effort. That's it, it not did, like something you can just rush into. It did feel like it was trying to be this epic level scope of explanation shoved into a few pages. And maybe if we slowed it down and paid attention and looked a little more closely at the details, it would make a little more sense. I don't but think so. But at the so. same time, like, who, why would we put that? Why would because there was only two in? details, and he just kept restating the details in different words. He basically got a thesaurus and just said, how many times can I say snow, earth, water, and life and death yeah, and dichotomy and dichotomy like. and just kept talking like about it. Like somebody who uh, didn't didn't have 100% the, the best grasp of English was just looking through a, a, a book on how to write yeah. um, creatively. That's what it, yeah, that, it felt a little like that. It, it felt very just, I'm padding for time. Or maybe he was in love with this dichotomy thing and I don't know, just not a good story in my opinion. Not a very good sci-fi story at the very least. Mm. Felt very. It felt like that part in Interstellar. But, it, but on the bright, but on the bright side, uh, my life has changed. Yeah, no. and we can leave the ridge now. We can leave the because that the, was a life changing story. You mean the underground cavern? That that <laughs> the underground cavern. But we're somehow I fixed the ship through through spiritual magic. Through spiritual space magic. So are we going to super space then? No, because then we'll just end up back on this ridge. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> We're still stuck. <laughs> we can never escape. No, we just can't go too big. Okay. Uh, I'll try to keep my enormous ego in check. Oh, okay, well, we are past 45 minutes, and I could read the next story, but my throat hurts from reading that. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. What's something we can give people for, like, having listened to this? Uh, I will think of some nice gift to give. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us and the people who will watch this after the stream. I know it was pretty late because we had a late day. Yeah, our bad. But, uh, yeah. <gasps> Mostly this is just to get episodes Excuse up. Me. So busy. So, yeah. So busy fixing that ship. The episodes are up and that's the point. Uh, good night, everyone. We'll see you next week. And, um. And what? Floor is yours. I can't. <laughs> Hello out there in Benview Podcast Land. My name is Josh and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games or more accurately listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. 